the Master Tavern Keeper's History of the Old World. was good. Whew. Well, uh, that is uh, all of the apprentices uh, done. Ah, except Vaughn. Come on, Apprentice Morelli. Surely, with muscles like yours, you're the man to show old Heinrich what for. See, see. Yeah, uh, try me. I've been looking forward to this one. Oh, you are a big boy, aren't you? Mm, but uh, that won't help you. Well, hold my hand then, and uh, let's begin. <coughs> Down you go. <coughs> Yeah, yeah. Whew. Well, uh, it's all in the list, don't you know? This um, the arm wrestling is not uh, just a brawn, although that uh, helps. Rather, it is a technique. You did very well, uh, young apprentice. I think you just need some more practice. Well, I for one am impressed. Although, I'm not that surprised. Yeah. Do you not wish to try yourself, Master Tavernkeeper? I hear you have uh, quite the reputation in this uh, particular arena. Ah, it's true. I do enjoy a, a bit of a tussle. But there is a price that needs to be paid first, I think. I insist that you, Heinrich, finish the voyage of Marco Colombo. The, uh, the dawn chorus will soon be upon us. Please. Get to it, man. Ah, yeah, yeah, fair enough. That is a very good point. Hmm, but uh, I will not forget, we will have our bout. Uh, but uh, in the interim, let us continue. So, so, we had just reached the point where Marco Colombo had received his famous magical talisman, the uh, so-called Gem of Lustria. The next few weeks were spent repairing their ship. It had received such a mauling during the encounter with the Norse and suffered greatly as a result of the devastation caused by the skink priest's comet that the uh, old uh, Pintolaga could barely be called seaworthy at all. It was in serious need of some tender, loving care by way of the uh, carpenter's hammer. Oh, but uh, before I go on any further, I just want to uh, mention something uh, slightly tangential. 
By all means. Tangents have been the theme of the evening, so I uh, see no reason to stop now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> You're not wrong. Although each has been uh, both uh, fascinating and enlightening. Well, uh, on to this latest one then. Uh, much like the uh, expedition's encounter with the Kraken soon after heading into the deeper waters of the Great Ocean, Marco gave scant mention of the way by which Vegir the Sacrificer and his Norsemen had uh, been defeated in his uh, official account of the voyage, uh, as you can uh, hear here. Several weeks passed, even with one ship and only half a dozen guns, I succeeded in chasing three passing Norse longships and recovered various sacred objects which had been looted from the cities further south. This uh, off-handed detailing was again for the same reason as always. Anything that did not paint Colombo in the best light was always emitted from the official records. In this instance, it was the uh, intervention of the Lizardmen that had effectively won the day, rather than uh, Marco's uh, tactical acumen. And he felt that this uh, simply would not do for the leaders back home in the old world. To his mind, his leaders would only be satisfied by a homegrown hero, as they led of distant shores and exotic sites. And such heroes have got to be strong, they've got to be fast, they've got to be fast in the fight. In this clash with the Norse, Marco had not been any of these. Ah, indeed. What you do in the world is really of no consequence. The question is really this. What can you make people believe you have done? That is the truth of it, and that is the truth that you will leave behind, be it true or not. Yeah, yeah, nonetheless, upon reading Marco's memoirs years later, my grandpapa was extremely disappointed that the uh, valiant exploits of the crew and the uh, sacrifices that they had made were so uh, casually disregarded. It was uh, perhaps the source of the uh, gulf that would grow between them uh, after their return to the uh, old world. So we saw, uh, back to our tale. Well, whilst a majority of Marco's men broke the North wreck up into its constituent timbers, those sailors with uh, some dexterity for needlework were employed in creating a new set of sails from the large sail of Vegir's boat. Once these had been uh, finished, the Pintolaga set off back to their base camp on the island of Tonda uh, that uh, lay off the coast of Lustria. Here they uh, dry docked the ship so it could be repaired at their leisure. What is uh, this uh, dry docking? Ah, a good question, Apprentice Morelli, but uh, one I feel is best suited to our resident. Uh, Ancient mariner, eh, Master Tavern Keeper? What do you mean, ancient? I'm only a few years older than you. I've just uh, aged and weathered at a quicker pace. It's the sign of a full life, 
I'll uh, have you know. Yeah, 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 yeah. Anyway, dry docking, eh, Apprentice Morelli? Well, this is basically bringing your ship inland for repairs and removing the risk of accidentally sinking your boat as you do so. But if you've already started conjuring images of gangs of men heaving boats on log rollers over a beach, please take those uh, pictures and throw them out of the window into the snow. The reality is far more ingenious. First, you need to dig a large trench, equal to the length and breadth of your ship, as close to the harbour as is possible. Into this trench, you then need to build some props of solid stone and lay beams crosswise over them, running the whole distance of the trench. You then make a wide, deep channel to the sea and allow seawater to fill it up. This done, you then need to manoeuvre your boat along the channel and into the trench before closing off the entrance. You can then use a hand pumps or whatever to drain out the water and allow your vessel to come to rest securely on the aforementioned crossbeams. After that, it is uh, easy to repair your boat without worrying about leaks or the weather. Thank you, Master Timekeeper. That is exactly what my grandpapa had the men under his command do. They then spent the next few weeks conducting extensive repairs on the ship. In the meantime, events already set in motion were finally beginning to bear fruit for Marco. A week or so after the uh, Pinto Lager had been dry docked, Marco was drawn out from his tent by the familiar cries of the pterodons that bore the skinks who regularly brought food and drink for Marco's men. On this day, however, the roars of the flying reptiles seemed more numerous than was usual. Marco, as was his habit in the afternoon, was drinking with my grandpapa, and the two were already merry. They went out to meet, greet, and thank the skinks as usual, but were surprised to see the uh, skink interpreter, Huini Pachutli, and at least three times the regular number of uh, pterodons, taking up the entire central square of the Thailians' encampment. Huini Pachutli, what a pleasant surprise. Greetings. The skink interpreter gestured to the pendant laying on the Tylean's chest. Marco grabbed the green gemstone glyph of the lizardman god Sotek that hung about his neck and nodded cautiously. Nay, Sotek, the deliverer, watch over you whilst you bear it until the day he summons you to his side. Marco gave my grandpapa a sideways glance. And my grandpapa immediately unclasped the straps on his two throwing axes. This achieved, Marco returned his gaze to the skink. Winipajutli cocked his head to the side in an uh, avian staccato movement before seemingly changing tack. 
I come bearing news and gifts, Marco Colombo. Soon after our last meeting, the beneficent and powerful Lord Zitli ordered the artifacts that we recovered from the warm bloods of Skiggy to be returned to whence they came. Marco nodded but said nothing, merely gesturing for the skink to uh, continue. Amongst the stolen treasures of Axolotl were also other treasures belonging to other cities of ours. Each was returned to its rightful place of origin by the Teridon riders of my brother, Copaketol. And in return, we received gifts from each of the recipients. Ah, Azizalaita and Propa. Indeed. In his infinite wisdom, Lord Zitli has ordered that a portion of these gifts be given to you, Marco Colombo. Ah, Azizalaita and Propa. A broad grin spread across Marco's face at this unexpected news. The skink interpreter clicked his fingers, and three skinks alighted from their pterodons and approached Marco and my grandpapa. Each bore a wide, shallow, circular basket covered with a woven lid. The first was very wide indeed, and the skink bearing it had to balance it on his back. Again, Huini Pachutli clicked his fingers, and the skink set it down before revealing its contents. It contained a long line of thin gourds around its circumference, and within were small packets wrapped in large leaves and bound in twine made from denuded roots. Marco and my grandpapa tried to smile and gave a slightly confused nods at the uh, skink interpreter. These are a rare delicacy, the much sought-after sugared zitchok grabs, and to wash this feast down with, the lord of Itza has provided many gourds of fermented cactus wine, a speciality of the First city. We are blessed to be so honored by such a generous benefactor. Marco said with a sardonic, forced smile. Winnie Patrutli seemed oblivious, though, and clicked his fingers once more. At this, the second skink brought forth another wide, flat basket, about a half the size of the first. With another click from Winnipachutli, the skink revealed its contents. This basket, too, contained a selection of gourds. About a third were dyed red, another third were dyed yellow, and the remainder were green. These gourds contain a selection of spices harvested from the sacred spice groves that lay between the city of Itza and Axelotl. They are treasures without compare. My grandpapa and Marco nodded. This was more like it. These were sure to bring a fair price in the old world. 
We are the ones more blessed to be so honored. Winnie Patutli once more clicked his fingers. And the third and final skink approached, bearing another basket. Again, half as big as the previous one. Please forgive the final gift. It is little more than common detritus from the jungle. But the esteemed Lord Ziltok, mage priest of Itza, heard that you like beads and had his skinks collect a selection for you. The skink interpreter then gave a low bow before clicking his fingers once more. With this, the skink pulled off the lid of the basket. It was uh, full of bright pearls in a variety of hues, ranging from purple to yellow. It also contained large chunks of raw amber and something known as a tagua nuts which were seed pods that were as hard as ivory and went on to fetch a very steep price back in Tylea. Marco's eyes grew wide. Ah, 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 ah. What a fun little jest. But uh, they are so pretty. Please uh, let me take them off of your hands. Winnie Pachutli once again gave a low bow before clicking his fingers a final time. At this, the lids to the three baskets were replaced. And now, Marco Colombo, it is time for us to talk frankly and in private. With this, he shot a glance at my grandpapa before taking Marco by the shoulder and leading him to the water's edge. Out of earshot. The two spoke for some time, and my grandpapa saw Marco laugh with delight on more than one occasion. But uh, all he could hear was the sound of the waves crashing against the beach. Above, my grandpapa noticed dark clouds begin to gather. Eventually, the two finished their conversation and the uh, skink interpreter and the other skinks returned to their pterodons. Au revoir, Marco Colombo, until we see you all again upon the third day of the Feast of Sotek for the climax to the festivities. Marco forced a grin as he waved at the skink priest and the other pterodons as they uh, all took off. They left behind them not only the three baskets of gifts, but uh, also another nine large tall baskets. My grandpapa turned to Marco, a uh, questioning look upon his face. I have a good news. Marco said as he gestured at the tall baskets the skinks had left behind. But also a bad news. We need to get out of this place. 
You have until the end of the Feast of Sotek to get the ship seaworthy, or we are all dead men. Confusion spread across my grandpapa's face, just as, high above, Santa rumbled. A strong wind began to blow, and gigantic raindrops started to fall from the sky. The monsoons had begun. <laughs>